Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the following on Cricket World Cup podcast from TalkSport. England live to fight another day after a nervy one in Birmingham finally ended with a relatively comfortable 31-run win over India. Just clipped away for a single and the unbeaten side in the World Cup have been beaten. England's World Cup campaign is back on track. They move back into the top four. Normal service is resumed. 100 for Johnny Bairstow, who else? 50s for the returning Jason Roy, and important late innings runs for Stokes again meant England posted a large first innings total, and Captain Owen Morgan was a happy yet relieved man at the close. Jason Roy coming back in, him and Johnny Bairstow at the top, Johnny going on and getting 100, which was magnificent to watch. And I think, you know, probably the, the continuation of partnerships right throughout took us to a, a quite a formidable total. More from the England skipper later, as well as hearing from Virat Kohli and man of the match, Bearstow, who's had an interesting week. You're listening to Following On. Well, welcome to the show live from Edgbaston. Relief, really, from an English perspective after they, uh, well, not quite squeaked home, but it was close at times. 31-run win for England against India uh, after England posted uh, a substantial first-inning score. Um, Johnny Bairstow, after all the fuss this week, top-scoring man of the match, 111. Uh, but really, it was a partnership with Jason Roy that set England up in a manner we've seen so many times. 160 they put on before Jason Roy first to go for 66. Big moment in the match, actually. He'd, he'd edged behind, went on 21. But... Uh, uh, India opted not to review after the on-field decision went England's way. Uh, what a moment that turned out to be. The middle overs went India's way. Uh, England plodded along, really. They raced uh, to 160 without loss after 22. But 20 overs later, they'd only added another 100 runs or so. And it was Ben Stokes once again who uh, provided late-order ballast to uh, England's uh, innings. 3-3-7 for 7. Sam Billings, the Kent and England uh, middle-order wicketkeeper batsman, uh, who was on Talk Sports uh, today, very confident uh, at the mid-innings break. I'm not sure he would have been quite so confident when Virat Kohli, 66, and Rohit Sharma, dropped badly at second slip by Joe Root, went on 4, had put on 138 for the second wicket. At that point, with 8 needed and over for the remainder of the inning. Still an ask. It looked like it could be India that were really going to ruin England's day. But when the end came, 
Well, it didn't come quickly because India only ended up losing another four wickets, but uh, they really spluttered to the conclusion. Let's hear from some of the protagonists today, starting with the man of the match, Johnny Besto. Oh, look, I think it's been frustrating a little bit for the guys. Obviously, we, we know how well we can play, but um, today we were pretty good bat ball and in the field and I think that there's um, uh, still things we can improve on going forward to New Zealand next week. And uh, your batting especially against spin, you know, I mean it was wonderful, we were looking at it, your footwork and the choice of shots as well. Was there a general plan to be aggressive especially against people like Chahel and Kuldeep or it was just reacting to every ball? Yeah, I think just reacting to each ball, I think that having um, been over to the IPL and worked with EVS um, definitely helped. Uh, someone with his his knowledge and experience uh, of of going about building a, an innings, uh, especially against spin, uh, in all in all conditions, the, the basic principles were uh, the same. So it wasn't necessarily a game plan, but obviously they bowled well up front, uh, and the ball did did bits. Um, we saw it nipping around, and a couple of inside edges went for four. So you ride your luck a little bit, and um, yeah, then you try and capitalise when you can. And of course, England back to their trusted formula of going out there, getting the big score and winning. Must give you a sense of confidence because it was not really coming together in the World Cup, but today it did. Yeah, it did, yeah. I mean, as I said, it was um, the closest to a complete performance that we've had in the competition. Um, but we also know now we've got three must-win games uh, in, in the next few weeks. So we go to Durham next against New Zealand, obviously, who've had a fantastic World Cup so far. Uh, on the back of this performance and we'll be looking to build on this. Well, not much said by Bairstow about the comments he'd made. Somewhat tongue-in-cheek, some would say, during the week about everyone wanting England to lose. That isn't the case, that's for sure. And hopefully uh, he's a happier fellow tonight uh, in uh, Birmingham after his 111 propelled England to that score of 337 for seven. One man who didn't score many runs, 110 less than Bairstow, was the captain, Owen Morgan, out on the hook, early for the second game in a row but he was still a happy man at the end of the game. I think right from the very beginning uh, winning the toss and batting I thought was an easy decision this morning it turned out probably to be a very very good decision I wasn't that confident about it this morning but it, it ended up working out I think regardless of the toss I think we played extremely well mm. uh, Jason Roy coming back in him and Johnny Bairstow up the top Johnny going on and getting 100 which was magnificent to watch and I think you know probably the the continuation of partnerships right throughout took us to a, a quite a formidable total. And it is great to see uh, both of them, Jason Roy and Johnny Best, so you know, play comfortably against Bumrah and Shami and then score off Kuldeep Yadav and Chahel was supposed to be this big spin threat at its best. Yeah, I, I think it was probably the winning and losing of the game. Uh, from 10 to 20 overs, I think we got about 90, 95 runs, which is quite substantial early. It obviously lays a huge platform in the way that we want to play. But obviously huge threats and the, the two main spinners for India um, uh, being taken on. And that's, that's great to see. That's the way we want to play our cricket. Uh, hopefully this kick started for us and we take it to the next game. Were you worried at any stage that India were getting there and could maybe achieve the target? Was there a moment any time in that run chase? Um, I, I think throughout the first inning, the constant feedback was throughout the innings. It actually got more difficult to bat on. Uh, the ball was holding up a little more, slower balls were gripping and, and taking a little bit of purchase off the deck. So with that in the back of my head, I wasn't really that worried.
Okay, we were all wondering about five, uh, the last five or six overs. Uh, what was your impression? Were you a little surprised that India won going all guns blazing in the last five or six overs, getting I, closer to the target? It didn't really bother me, to be honest. I was quite happy um, sitting back. You know, our bowlers bowled really well. You can say India didn't really come hard at us, but I think guys like Jofra, Woody, Wokesy bowled really, really well at the end. And what a selection of Plunkett. Oh, Brilliant. Liam has been outstanding for us the last four years. Uh, whenever he's come into the side or, or had a long run in the side, he's been absolutely outstanding, particularly in that middle period where it is so difficult to take wickets. I think he's you know, had a really good day out today. So with this kind of form, New Zealand should be easy now. <laughs> no, there is absolutely no game in this tournament. So I think yesterday's game between Pakistan yeah. and Afghanistan proved that. So every game in this World Cup has been extremely tough. Um, for everybody and I think it'll continue to be. Big thanks to uh, Sky Sports uh, for the audio there uh, and also Johnny Bairstow. So uh, interesting comments from uh, Owen Morgan and uh, really justification I suppose for the selection that England made today. Dropping Moeen Ali and bringing back Liam Plunkett who took three wickets and taking a big gamble on Jason Roy's fitness and he of course combined with great effect. Virat Kohli, the India captain, uh, slightly less chippy or rather slightly less chirpy uh, at the end of the game. Let's see what he had to say. Yeah, look, I mean, every team has lost a, a game or two here and there and um, no one likes to lose, but you have to accept it, take it in your stride and understand that the opposition played better than you on the day. Um, and they were just more clinical in terms of their execution um, with their plans. So we'll have to accept that. Uh, we're still playing good cricket, so we need to stay in that mindset. And um, yeah, the mood is is absolutely same in the change room. It's a setback as professional cricketers. We understand that. Got to brush it aside, uh, learn from it and move forward. Uh, what about the toss? You know, how vital was it uh, batting first and setting the runs on the board? Well, it was vital, um, especially looking at, uh, you know, the boundary that's that's so short. And it's it's a coincidence that it just falls under the, the limitations of the shortest boundary you can have in the tournament. So quite bizarre on a flat pitch. Uh, it's the first time we've experienced that. So it's crazy that things fall in place like that randomly. But mm. um, yeah, a toss, I don't think was a massive, massive factor. But um, we, we should have been more uh, clinical with the bat, I suppose, because the wicket was flat. Even we could have accelerated and got closer to the score. But um, I think their bowlers bowled well and executed their plans. Tactically, could I ask you questions about, say, Kuldeep Yadav and Chehel obviously didn't have one of their best days. Was there any chance for you to get somebody like a Kedar Jadav and get two or three overs off him because the spinners were going for a lot of runs, your main spinners? I don't think so. If batsmen are able to reverse sweep you for six on a 59-meter boundary, then there's not much you can do as a spinner, you know. So, there's, uh, there's no uh, sort of uh, room to think about whether you're going to get out or not. And one side was about 82 or something like that. So. Yeah, look, they had to be more smart in terms of the lines they wanted to bowl. But um, yeah, with one short boundary, I think it was very difficult to contain runs. And also the score that they put up uh, at the half time. Did you believe that you could get there? Because I spoke to Jason Roy and he said 320 would be the pass score on a pitch like this. So it wasn't that high a score. And you must have felt that this could be achieved. I don't agree with that. Okay. I thought they were they were going um, towards 360 at one stage. And we did quite well to pull things back. Yeah, in the end, I think 10-15 lesser would have been better because we had them under a bit of a pressure around the 40th over mark. But then Ben played a, a, a really good innings as well. So yeah, we could have restricted about 15 more. 
but 3.30 odd, we were very happy at the halfway stage that the wickets flat and if we get to a good start, off to a good start, then we're pretty much in the chase, which didn't happen, but we still had a partnership, as I said, a bit more clinical with the bat if, if you know, those dismissals hadn't happened at that time, maybe the result would have been different. Yeah, when Hardik and Rishabh Pant were playing together, you know, you felt that uh, these guys would do it and it was great to see, you know, this is the young generation playing their own brand of cricket and taking you closer to the target, so it must have been a moment of pride watching from the dressing room. Yeah, really good. I mean, we thought when they were in there we had a we had a decent chance to strike a few and um, you know get closer to the target set a bit of panic in the opposition but yeah look we we kept losing wickets and uh, that doesn't help in a big chase and as i said credit uh, has to go to england they were better on the day i have to ask you this final question because a lot of people watching the last five or six overs would be wondering what the mindset of the batsmen out there was because it seemed like they weren't really going for the target and win the game and in the end we won by I mean, India lost by quite a margin. So what would your explanation be for the kind of uh, chase that we saw in the last five or six overs? Well, look, again, it's up to um, discussions with uh, the, the two guys that were in there. I think MS was trying really hard and trying to get that boundary. And um, yeah, it was just not coming off because, they were, as I said, they were bowling good areas and it wasn't easy to get those boundaries away when it got to 15 and over. So. Yeah, we'll have to sit down and assess, as I said, and improve on things in the next game. Ferret Coley there speaking to Sky Sports. So interesting that the halfway stage, he was actually quite happy with the chase, although it would have been a record-breaking one. And when he was at the crease uh, with Rohit Sharma, it did look like it was on. But uh, it was Coley's wicket, really, the turning point in the match. Uh, and whilst I wouldn't say I was confident from that point onwards, certainly India had a lot to do. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi, nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Uh, Steve, a great day for England. Let's start with Johnny Bairstow, a guy you know well. Um, he's almost got a, sh a touch of Kevin Peterson's about him, hasn't he? he? He almost needs to be angry. And when he's angry, if you're bowling to him, you need to be worried. He was brilliant today. He was brilliant today. I tell you what, I'll pick a fight with him every week. If he wants <laughs> to pick a fight with me, not a problem. Uh, if he's going to play like that, it was brilliant. It was back to Johnny's best. People say he had a point of proof. He had no point of proof. Not for me. Performance in this tournament so far, he's had a couple of first 
first ballers, which we all know, John, you can get. You know, when you first walk out, brand new ball, you can get first ball or inside the first six balls. A bowler can get you out. There's nothing much you can do about it. He's had a couple of scores. He's now 10th, I think, in the leading run scorer in the tournament after today. I don't think there's any problem with his performance. I just think when you look back at it, when he had a go at Michael Vaughan and Kevin Peterson, I just think he was probably ill-advised in what he said and at the time when he said it. But I think when he's seen his celebration, it was quite muted. Mm. He knew he'd, he had a job to do. But also, was it, you know what? I've let my bat do the talking. I'm not going to go and jump from the rooftops. There you go. There's the 100. And it's back to being Johnny Bairstow, the, the top cricketer he is. Absolutely. I thought he was brilliant today. I really did. And in the field as well. Yeah. He um, is a hair, isn't he? Well, I, I mentioned that on the, on the, on the TalkSport 2 show that not only did he bat beautifully, he saved probably mm. six or eight runs from diving stops alone. Um, and when you win a game, when you, you know, when you play in a game of that magnitude, that's a lot of runs. I thought he was, I thought he was outstanding today, full stop. And fair play to him because when you see people have a little bit of a negative time, I felt for Johnny. Uh, he said something that he probably didn't really want to say. He said it. It's med headlines, negative headlines. So there's a lot of pressure and I'm going to this game. I'm really pleased the kids come out on the positive side after today. Mm, absolutely, I'll go with that. Um, what about Owen Morgan? Uh, he was obviously very relieved and happy at the close. But, you know, his dismissal again, coming so soon after a very similar looking dismissal. You know, I was quite impressed by the way England approached the first 10 overs today. You know, it wasn't just about attack. It was about actually seeing off Jasprit Bumrah and then attacking when the conditions and the, the, the bowling suited. Morgan came out and immediately went for an ambitious hook. And, you know, I'm not quite sure that at that point the game needed that. No, I think Owen Morgan's been... I think he's being criticised, and not rightly so, because I think what I don't think Kevin Peterson was criticising Owen Morgan in the tweet that he put. I think he was just trying to say that Owen Morgan has a slight fault against quick, quick bowling, and when he takes it on, it goes airily. But that's why Owen Morgan is one of the best one-day players in the world and doesn't play a great deal of, of Test match cricket. Yes, as a fast bowler, you'd quite enjoy bowling at Owen Morgan in and around that sort of ribcage helmet area. Today, he's played another shot exactly the same as the one before uh, last week and he got bogged down. You know, he faced nine balls for his one. You know, he was very, very scratchy. Got two, he got two good bumpers off, uh, off Shami um, and then chased one, which I think on the angle did him more than, more than the, uh, anything else. It was a little bit of height, a little bit of angle. He's tried to bring it to the leg side where... Who am I to tell Owen Morgan what he should have done with it? But at the end of the day, he's chipped it up in the air and it didn't look it didn't look a great dismissal. But I thought his captaincy was excellent. He did he won the toss, which was which was good. And his team played the situation perfect. If anything, John, in the last two or three games that England have lost, the biggest criticism is not about how they've lost. It's about the it's it's about the in little in between bits which are you know situation didn't play that didn't read that right didn't see that bowler off just went crash bang wallop didn't think well if we just sit in for a little bit we can go again and I think what England did in this game is they played the situation perfectly.
Yeah, I agree with that. And I thought Stokes at the end of the innings, you know, he hasn't scored a century, but boy, you know, some of his innings, he just looks he just looks so in control of his game uh, in terms of the batting. So that was impressive. And really, actually, Stokes' innings at the end of the innings, uh, just as important as maybe Roy's and Bestos at the start. Uh, also, credit to the selectors, uh, the management bringing in Roy, even though he's not fully fit. And also dropping Moeen Ali and bringing in Liam Plunkett. Uh, again, two decisions that had a huge bearing on the match. Very much so. I'm pleased Plunkett came back in. I think he's now in to steer. The worry for... Not worry, that's not the right thing to say. I think uh, an intriguing thing for me is where they go next because I still think Moen Ali in England cricket team is a better team than Moen Ali not in the team because I think he gives them so much... Uh, with the ball, with he hasn't really performed much with a bat, but at the position he comes into bat, number seven, nine times out of ten, he's got to try and hit sixes from ball one. So he doesn't score as many runs as he probably would like. He doesn't get the time in the middle as much as he would like. But I still think they're a better team with Mo and Ali in it. So they've got a, an interesting selection dilemma, especially where we go next. You know, a place that I played for 18 years. We go to Durham and... That that bound, them boundaries are huge. They're massive, and two spin option at Durham is normally a good way to go. It's squeezing in the middle because teams can't go at the spinners and try and hit them for sixes because you know there are big big boundaries. The risk of the risk of getting the ball over the rope is uh, is a lot higher. So it'll mm. be an intriguing decision to make when it comes to it. But I agree with you, Stokes. Stokes, con- there's a little concern for me with Stokes that. He, both, he only bowled four overs. He looks a bit, I think, they're getting him. I think England are relying heavily on him now with the bat. He ran ones, twos, threes in the last two or three games. You know, he's been in the middle. He's been in the game a lot. And I think, you know, I just hope his body is, is holding out because England need him even more so now going forward. Because again, I thought, you're right. His his innings was just as important as Roy's was at the top of the top of the top of the show. Wasn't one of Joe Root's better games. You know, he's allowed uh, a scratchy one. He certainly did look scratchy at the crease. And it's not often I wasn't pleased to see him dismissed. But certainly I wanted to see Joss Butler out there because 44 from 54 and the death overs wasn't really what England needed at that point. And then that drop uh, of Rohit Sharma went on four. Uh, Sharma went on score 102. You know, that could have been so costly. It didn't look a difficult chance. But knowing from a quick bowler's point of view, you just get one that goes and nips away and bounces. And all of a sudden, there's a little bit more pace on it. It looked as though I'd just hit Joe Root. Edgebaston, where it used to be a difficult seeing ground from, from a, uh, a catching point of view, it slipped. But it actually just hit Joe Root. It looked as though he just got no sight of it whatsoever. And it, it just seemed to bounce off him. I'm not defending him. He should, have took, he should have took the catch. And Joe will believe he should have took the catch. When it comes to his innings, you know, I mentioned, uh, we've been men talking about it on the, on the TalkSport 2 program, about should Butler have come in. I will never ever send anybody else in number three than than Joe Root because no, he holds. I wouldn't his, have sent Butler in that high. Nah, but. Definitely not. I, I, I Joe Root holds his team together. I tell you what, India. I thought they did jump. I think they worked. The 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 feeling positions and the way they bowled. They bowled very well at Joe, and the feeling positions were excellent. That backward point and a sort of fifth slip on mm. the ring, yeah, and they right. stopped. They stopped him from running it down to third man. And Joe Root's at his best when he gets a good ball and he just he just deflects it down to third man. One of, one of the greatest players I ever played with, 
the the best player I've played Englishman point of view I played with was Marcus Truscothic in one day cricket and his ability to rotate strike and not let the bowler bowl two three four five balls in a row at him in the dot ball t- terms was the ability to run it down to third man and just get off strike and rotate and Joe couldn't do that the day I thought India did really I thought India bowled well at Joe rather than Joe play a poorer innings look He's, where is he? He's, he's got 476 runs at a strike rate of 92. He's fourth in the run scoring. He got 44 or 54, 54 balls. And if that's having an indifferent deer, boy, bring it on because this kid is still the best number three that I would have in my team um, over, over most. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got to allow your opponents to bowl well. And I thought exactly. at times, Jasper Bummer today was unplayable. Yeah, Darryl, I've just been asked, is there anybody can you think of that you've played with or played against uh, when it comes down to bowling at the death and hitting that white line? And I think internationally, I've played with obviously Andrew Flintoff and Darren Goff, who were absolute masters at, it, at hitting the white line at, a, at a, obviously a, a, a lesser level, a domestic level. Uh, my good mate Neil Killeen bowled 75 mile an hour but he hit the Yorker and it's very it's very difficult to get away and the way Bumrah bowled was, was outstanding and for his captain in international cricket to give him five overs at the death from a seamer's point of view is just unheard of unless you are Jasper Bumrah and you can hit the white line and he was he was brilliant today he was as good as Bester was he was as good as Roy Zinnins and he was as good as what uh, Stokes showed up with a bat he was he was top draw too much for India in the end let's just uh, uh, we'll talk about the New Zealand game in, in a moment but you know if England do get past New Zealand it will be back here at Edgbaston mm. against the same side India so what do you think England will come up against uh, if they do have to face the same opposition here I think we might come up against us on a slower pitch I think listening to Virat Kohli's thoughts after the game, who probably had a Johnny Besto moment where he'd been interviewed half a dozen times and thought, I'm sick of saying the same thing. So I'm going to say something different. He was complaining about the size of the boundaries. So I imagine we put yeah, on we a that earlier, actually, bigger boundary. So that'll be, that will probably be something that comes into it. Uh, there has been a few tweets into TalkSport too about where India didn't really go hard in that last 10 overs and were India trying to play England at Edgebaston because they were thinking well if they beat New Zealand they'll finish third and they'll end up playing again it on the on Thursday the 11th of July so yeah intriguing times one thing you can say is I thought England were back to their best today and no matter who they play against if England win the toss bat first on a on a decent surface it doesn't matter who it is England can win well, let's look ahead to that uh, last group game uh, Wednesday at Durham. And you say about team selection. Well, you know, Chris Wokes today uh, bowled brilliantly. Three maidens at the top of the uh, innings, two wickets, fantastic catch as well. Joffre mm. Archer really impressed me when he came back at the death with his slower deliveries. But, you know, Liam Plunkett, Mark Wood and Ben Stokes all know Chester Street. So mm. if there are to be changes, let's say Moeen Ali does come in, who on earth does he come in for? You can't. I, I, I'm not a big believer dropping somebody on a uh, on a. It, it wasn't a, a poor game. I, I didn't think he had. Uh, he's, he's figures will look 73 off 10. Mark Wood will say he bowled a touch wide. If anything, I thought 
somebody has to go in a in a in a 50 over competition uh, sorry in a 50 over innings one of the bowlers will go it's the nature of the beast if a score of 300 is scored one of the bowlers will go above par from a, a run score a run rate point of view if it was a heads or tails between Mark Wood and Mo and Ali at Durham I'd probably keep Mark Wood in the side because he has because he knows the ground, the, the ground so well, knows the length, the areas he, to bowl in, and he's been very, very successful in, dom- in domestic cricket in 2020s bowling at Chesley Street. But I'd still like to get Mo and Ali in my team. I want to play 12 men. Unfortunately, I can't. It's a puzzler because where, where do you where do you, where do you get it from? And I can't drop Adil Rashid either because the wrist spinner for me has to stay on the side, especially against the non-Asian block side who play spin, who don't play spin as well as the Asian block. So I might have to just say, right, as much as I want Mo and Ali in my team and they are big boundaries, I'm not going to change a winning team. Brilliant stuff. Well, uh, I, uh, I think you're right, actually, because they've got Colin DeGrand home and Jimmy Neesham uh, coming in at uh, six and seven. And those guys are absolutely going to take the spin on if given the option. Uh, Steve, thanks for your time today. Uh, that's pretty much all we've got time for for following on. To never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. See you for the next show. Straight after India's match against another side with aspirations of a semi-final appearance. It's Bangladesh on Tuesday. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.